0: We are in a series called, I Love to Tell a Story. And uh, as I've told you guys before, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe this is for someone who God is going to put in your path. So I want to make sure that you are thinking that you have some tools and some thoughts. So as you listen, those of you that are in the body, please listen with the eye, not on, I've heard this before, <laughs> but hey, what is that person, who is that person that I know that needs to hear this, and is this going to help me be able to communicate Christ to them and communicate his grace in his love. So uh, we are going over some basics to some extent. Uh, also you'll note down at the bottom. There are several things that are uh, new for being signed up for. You need to look for those. And uh, sign up accordingly. And please read the announcements that are in the bulletin. Um, missing the opportunity. Is what we're talking about today. 1 Peter 3. I'm, I'm probably going to read a little bit of that. Uh, That's not going to be where I'm going to be centered today, but I I, I will be getting to that. Um, Opportunity. We hear a lot about opportunity, don't we? We've heard it said opportunity knocks how many times? (laughs) Once. Actually, we may only hear it once, but yeah, it doesn't. I, I got another one, strike while the iron is. Oh, you've heard that one, right? Let me tell you, back in 1782, Ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, writing to the Reverend Richard Price, Ben Franklin, Richard Price, 1782, what's going on? This is just after the American Revolution, right? All of that's happening. He writes this, he says, it is not only right to strike while the iron is hot, but it may be... Very practical to make it hot by striking. Now, what is Ben Franklin saying some 200 plus years ago in modern English? What's he saying? What? Don't wait, do it now. now. Make Make your opportunities happen. Yeah it's it's an interesting thought isn't it Sometimes we wait for opportunities to come and hit us over the head and other times people say what make your own opportunities right Now what does this have to do with talking about Jesus which of those is the more important Just think about it History is full of sad stories, of missed opportunities. In fact, the def- the difference between success and failure sometimes comes down to one crucial decision. John Greenleaf Whittier once said, For all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these... It might have been. Now, some of you older folks may actually remember the poem that this comes from. But is that not true? The opportunities missed sometimes are the things that really weigh down our hearts. I can look back over my life, my decisions. Some of them have been life-changing decisions that were made in a moment, in a glance, and I can tell you that some of the decisions that I have made have simply been wrong. Friend, do you live a life that has no regrets? Has no missed opportunities? I'd be willing to bet if you are honest with yourself, there are probably a few. Perhaps the most tragic of all missed opportunities belongs to Pilate. Over in Luke 23, now I'm going to read a little bit here. If you've got your Bible, you want to flip to Luke 23. Luke 23, towards the end of the book, Jesus has been arrested. He's been hauled in front of the Sanhedrin. He's been sent to Pilate. Pilate sent him to Herod because he thought it was just an internal squabble. What did Herod do? He sent him back to Pilate. Luke 23, starting at verse 13. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers of the people, and said to them, you brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence, and I have found no basis for your charges against them. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. In one voice they cried out, Away with this man. Release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time, Pilate spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and release him. But but with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. Very clearly we see in Scripture that Pilate could have let Jesus go. He could have listened to Jesus' voice. He could have listened to his wife's voice, his wife's voice. Matthew tells us over in Matthew 27 that she went to him and said, don't have anything to do with this innocent man. Pilate could have even listened to his own inner voice, his own conscience. For he knew Jesus was innocent, yet the shouts of the priest and the people prevailed. But did Pilate really listen to them? I don't think he did. I think he listened to the voice of Satan. The whisperings that ruled the day. Jesus had a name for Satan. Do you remember what it was? He's the father of the father of lives, the father of whispers. Do you realize that the things you whisper reveal who your father is? Satan whispers things that we want to hear. You know, like, no one will ever see just this once. There's no calories in that ice cream today. (laughs) Do your own thing. Just do it. Today Satan's voice comes screaming at us telling us if you buy this if you go here if you do this you will be happy but that happiness never really comes But the truth does not need to shout Matthew 27:11 Meanwhile, Jesus stood before Pilate, the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony that they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply. Not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. You see, Jesus never defended himself during those trials, nor did he deny who he is. Reminds me of a scripture from the Old Testament. Something Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 53, the, the, the song of the suffering servant. Isaiah writes, he was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, like a sheep to be sheared, he took it all in silence justice miscarried he was led off and did anyone really know what was happening it's it's a question that echoes through the ages did anyone really know what was happening you know what the answer is the answer is yes Satan knew The Sanhedrin knew. The disciples knew. And Pilate knew. They all knew Jesus was innocent. And now they know that Jesus really is the King of glory. Pilate? Pilate missed. His opportunity. Pilate also learned that you can wash your hands a thousand times and not wash away guilt for mere water cannot cleanse the soul. You know the story of those last days of Christ's life you know that there's another missed opportunity there. Another missed opportunity that is so significant all four Gospels record Peter's missed opportunity. He has that Threefold denial. Luke over in Luke 22, as he tells the story, comes down to that last time when somebody points at him and says, Surely you were with him. You're a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Friends, I don't think that Peter or Pilate are the only ones. Have you also had missed opportunities where you could have stood up for the Lord? An opportunity to be bold in the face of opposition, an opportunity to speak to others who were ridiculing his holy name? Have you like Peter in a flurry of self-focus ever cursed the one who made you and then died for you? Have you ever felt the disappointed eyes of Christ staring through to your soul? Maybe you haven't. But your preacher has to stand next to Peter and say that I, too, am guilty of the blood of the Lamb. I have missed opportunities. I have regrets. But I am not left out. And Peter wasn't left out. And today, friend, you have another opportunity to not be left out either. In a few moments, we're going to offer uh, an opportunity for anyone to come forward as we're singing that closing hymn. Anyone to come forward and put those regrets into a watery grave and to start over with a new life. You see, you don't have to be left out. God chooses to reach out to you anyway. But he leaves the decision up to you. The message is that you and everyone you meet has an opportunity for a second chance. Has an opportunity for repentance that can bring restoration when you're willing to give Christ control of your life. Over in Mark 16, on that glorious resurrection morning, a messenger of the Lord said this to the women who had gone to take care of Jesus' body that morning. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He Is risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Did you catch that? I know you've read it, but have you caught it? Specifically, go get Peter. Friends, failure does not have to be forever. Repentance can surpass regret. God's plan included Peter and friend, it includes you as well. The good news is that all of us, all of us, including me, are given a second chance. Church history shows early on, uh, records a tradition that Peter, after boldly proclaiming Christ for many years, was crucified in 64 AD in the aftermath of Nero's burning of Rome as he blamed the Christians for what he did. Have you ever wondered how Peter got the courage to face his own crucifixion? instead of denying Christ again? Could it be that those eyes that called him, caused him to feel the weight of his own guilt and shame were really the most loving eyes that he could have ever looked into? Friend, when the Lord forgives, he forgives completely. And he reinstates us, giving us his name, giving this life purpose, giving us hope, giving us what he gave Peter. Peter, 1 Peter 3, starting around verse 21, Peter's Writing, it's well known by scholars that First you know, Peter is really a baptismal uh, passage. It's something that would be read when people were coming to Christ. But he's talking about Noah, and he's talking about Noah, and Noah and the flood, and God is saving Noah through the flood, and as he's talking about that, and he's talking about the flood waters, he says, this symbolizes baptism, which now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels and authorities and powers in submission to him. Peter tells us right up, it's not the water that saves us. It's the resurrected Jesus in the waters. It is the cleansing that comes to us by his blood. That blood that was spilt as a covenantal sacrifice in the waters as we come into covenant with him. Friend, if you are in covenant with God, if the Lord has forgiven you, You got to come to a place where you forgive yourself. You've got to come to a place where you let your misopportunities, your regrets, the things that you know you did that hang and give you grief. You need to forgive yourself. Because if it's under the blood, it is buried for all eternity. Don't let that st- Stuff Keep you from the opportunities that Christ gives you to praise his name to a lost world. A trip to Calvary, my friends, is not just a trip of the mind, but it's a trip of the heart as well. It's an emotional journey. And it may be a painful journey, but it's also a joyous journey that sets us free. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the cross. And we thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you, Father, that even though we have troubles forgetting our regrets and we don't fathom it, we thank you for the fact that you wipe our slate clean and you don't remember it, that you acquit us through the blood of Christ. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for that love and for that mercy. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.